I'm Sharon Betters, and you are listening to the Daily Treasure Podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. And I am so glad you are joining us for our series, Treasures Along the Way. Today's devotional is called A Wandering Heart, A Conquered Heart. And our guest writer this week is my husband, Chuck. Today's treasure is from Psalm 5117. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. At the turn of the century, the well-known agnostic and writer W.E. Henley wrote his now famous poem, Invictus. The first two stanzas describe well the kinds of traits we so admire in our culture. Out of the night that covers me, black is the pit from pole to pole. I think whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeoning of chance, my head is bloody, but unbound. The unconquerable soul. Sadly, the unconquerable soul Henley refers to here is one that stands in opposition to God and all other comers. Those of us who choose to remain aloof, unconquered, will never know God, for the key to knowing Him lies in just the opposite direction. As David said, what God seeks from us is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. Psalm 51, 17. Samson, listed in the great faith chapter of Hebrews 11, was a long-haired, muscle-bound, charismatic leader and judge of Israel. He started out confident, impulsive, and proud. His life, unfortunately, reflected too well the moral degradation and compromise of his nation. Instead of living a life of holiness, he repeatedly compromised his faith and allowed his animal instincts to get the best of him. Finally, beguiled and betrayed by the vixen Delilah, he fell hard, a victim of his own lust and foolishness. Captured, blinded, and imprisoned, Samson's sin led him to slavery and humiliation. A broken and contrite heart. Samson lived out the remainder of his days chained to a grinding wheel by his enemies, the Philistines. Samson's plight reminds me of David's lament for King Saul. How the mighty have fallen, as we read in 2 Samuel 1.19. Through this pain and suffering, Samson's God purged Samson's heart of all its former pride and self-sufficiency. Samson's repentance, as well as his life, was nearing completion. When given one last opportunity to again display his God-given strength, he prayed humbly and contritely for God's help, even though what he planned would cost him his own life. In the huge pagan temple of the god Dagon, amid the taunts and jeers of the thousands of Philistines who had gathered to mock and belittle him, Samson performed for them. The big man confidently and prayerfully placed his large hands on the support pillars of the temple, as we read in Judges 16, and brought that entire great structure down upon them all. Oh, friends, our God is an awesome God. He reigns over heaven and earth. He desires that we see our sins in the light of the cross and hate them for their ugliness. But He also desires we bow in our failures, recognizing that apart from Him, we can do nothing. 
Samson ended his life with a broken and contrite heart. He was, at the end of his days, a man both bloodied and bowed. Through his pain and his terrible suffering, he came back into close fellowship with his God. His heart was marked and renewed, made truly alive for perhaps the first time in his life. A circumcised heart, one like Samson's, is always characterized by brokenness. David, described as a man after God's own heart, was no stranger to sin, including the murder of Uriah and adultery with Bathsheba. Caught dead to rights in the midst of his terrible sin, David was completely undone, left without excuse. He prostrated himself before God and admitted plainly his own sin. The extraordinary Psalm 51 was David's prayer of confession. It gives us insight into why this man, guilty of such evil, could still be called a man after God's heart. Here is a man ready to accept full responsibility for what he had done, recommitting himself to obedience and pleading for renewed intimacy with God, an intimacy he knew he did not deserve, as we read in Psalm 51. Have mercy, O God, on me, according to your unfailing love. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. King David, broken and contrite, renewed his commitment to his sovereign King and Lord. Two men, friends, Samson and David, two sinners, repentant and resolved to surrender to God's purposes, two hearts, stained yet conquered and cleansed by God's love. What about you? Is there unconfessed sin in your heart? Is it time to repent, to allow God's love to break your heart wide open, to receive his forgiveness and restoration? Oh, friends, experience the love and forgiveness that only God offers through his only son, Jesus Christ. And oh, Father, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness that comes through his blood. Thank you for this gift of salvation. We pray, Father, that as we think about the incredible sacrifice that he made for us, that our hearts would be pierced, that we would recognize our need for repentance, that we would bow, perhaps in shame, but then be lifted up in forgiveness and confidence in you. We love you, Lord. Amen. Well, friends, we're at the end of another week, and I pray that the treasures along the way have opened your eyes to treasures in your own life that you may not have noticed that are designed by our Lord to help turn your heart toward Him. He keeps the promises of Isaiah 45, the promise to send us treasures in the darkness, designed just for us, designed in a way that maybe no one else would notice, but they are priceless to us in our own journey as He reminds us of his intimate relationship to him. 
We also like on Saturday to remind you about our Help and Hope podcast. And this week, my guest is Liz Edrington. Liz knows what anxiety is. She suffered with anxiety as a teenager. And now as an adult, as a mental health counselor, she wants to pass on what she learned. With daily scripture readings and breathing exercises and other resources, she has collected all of these into a little book, a 31-day devotional called Anxiety, Finding the Better Story. And though this devotional is, is designed for teens, adults will definitely benefit from it. It would be a great devotional to use with your teenagers, but you are going to be the one who benefits the most, no doubt, because I've been using it myself and I just love it. But we get to talk with Liz about some of those experiences that she had, some stories about people who experienced anxiety and found hope and found relief. Anxiety does not have to be a permanent guest in your heart. You can push out this guest and make room for peace and calmness. And in this conversation, you're going to learn some of the ways to do that. So make sure you go to helpandhopenow.org, click the Help and Hope link where you can find this conversation or you can watch the podcast on the Ask Dr. Better's YouTube channel. Thanks so much for joining us. And I pray that as you walk by faith, you will keep your eyes open to those little treasures along the way designed to help turn your heart toward Jesus.